0: Our next guest is uh, Chief Sustainability Officer at AIB. Her name is Yvonne Holmes. Uh, For our international viewers, uh, AIB is one of Ireland's leading banks and was actually uh, this year's Chambers Ireland Outstanding Achievement uh, in Sustainability Award winner. Uh, So we're gonna hear uh, from Yvonne and then we might uh, get into why they won that award. Uh, But first, uh, let's hear from Yvonne. Yvonne, you're very welcome. Thanks, Jonathan.
1: (laughs) So I'm delighted to be here uh, this evening. So I'm going to talk to you about sustainability in AIB and areas that may be of more interest uh, to your profession. So first of all, I'm just going to play a quick video for context. Every Every generation faces its challenges, but none is as profound, unpredictable and universally damaging as this, climate change. We need to focus every inch of our being on climate change. We want to do more, to do more for the planet, more for the future. Hello everyone and welcome to this, the fourth annual AIB Sustainability Conference. There are thousands of you who are joining us virtually from all across the world.
0: A sustainable business model means that we optimize the well-being of all of our stakeholders. And companies that are internalizing that and are able to make that come alive are increasingly doing well.
1: What does success look like? Now, if we have these finite resources, if we know that using them up, as we do in our global economy, really can't run in the long term, then what can? Let's think of COVID as being one small wave that came at us. Behind that, there is a much, much greater wave 10 times as high 10 times as long 10 times as powerful called climate change that is coming at us and we cannot turn our backs to it
0: we must do more and do so at pace because the need is pressing and time is not on our side
1: but to do more to be carbon neutral sometimes we need to do less
0: as a result today i'm delighted to pledge AIB will operate as carbon neutral across our business operations by 2030. We've already made significant progress on this journey which we will now accelerate at pace using a net zero approach. You cannot have healthy people on an unhealthy planet.
1: I think we've seen that we can very quickly change the way something works. And I think that paves a way for the path moving forwards with regards to climate change. We are holding the pen of history, all of us together right now. We are writing what is going to happen in the future. That is an amazing, amazing responsibility that we all share.
0: We will do more. We will not rest on our achievements today. We will not accept the sufficiency of our efforts already in train. We recognize the scale and urgency of the task ahead and working with our customers and our partners,
1: we will do more. Okay, so just moving on to the next slide. So I like this, uh, sorry Declan, I'm getting feedback. I'm just wondering, is there some setting I need to set? I'll try again. Actually, that's better. Okay, great. So I I really like this um, statement because it it reinforces what Barry was just talking about in terms of, you know, this decade is known as the decade for action. And we're the first generation to know where... destroying the planet and the last that can do anything about it. And you'd have heard in that clip there, Christina Figueres, you know, she said we're holding the pen of history in our hands. And, And I think just that connection and understanding the urgency with which we need to act is crucial in terms of the pace of change. Um, So just moving on to the next slide. Um, I think this is particularly relevant in the period that we're in. You know, business as usual is dead. Um, There's no business in a world in shambles. And we've got a taste of what that feels like with COVID. Um, But we're at a point where we can see hopefully light at the end of the tunnel and getting back to a sense of normality, normality. But with climate change, if we reach that tipping point where ir- irreversible change happens, you know, there will be no turning back. And I just wanted to kind of set that context before we move on into talking about um, sustainability and what that means. So just moving on to the next slide, um, you know, sustainability, people tend to think uh, more about the environment. But as we've seen with COVID, you know, the social side and the impact on that, you know, healthy economies and healthy societies, so interlinked, Um, you know, so like the impact we have on societies and the people we serve and the people that work for us as organizations and companies is really crucial in terms of the essence of sustainability. And from a governance perspective, you know, the ethical and transparency that with which a company operates is is more and more uh, crucial in terms of, you know, how that uh, company is governed in terms of managing risks, uh, being transparent in reporting and how they engage with investors. And so just moving on to sustainability and ARB. So... You'll see in, a, in the next slide, um, we've added sustainability as the fifth pillar in our group strategy and basically it's it's been embedded into the heart of our business. And you'll see there we have four pillars and I'm going to talk in the main about climate action, but just to touch on the other three pillars uh, first. The economic and social inclusivity. And and that's, I suppose, for us, all about how we support industry and innovation and infrastructure. So how we support startups, women in enterprise. We support five different innovation hubs. Um, How we support education. We've a long history in supporting third level education. And this year we we gave one million to TU Dublin, to provide access to disadvantaged students to third level education. And in terms of the communities, our presence in the communities, but our focus on social housing, we've partnered with iCare to try and help people stay in their homes um, and have a 300 million um, social housing fund. And on the better banking experiences I kind of categorize this as, you know, what do you do that doesn't have a direct commercial return? You do it because it's what you should do as part of your kind of social uh, um, license. So for us, that means, you know, how do we look after vulnerable customers and supporting them to, to uh, do their banking in a, in a supported way? You know, how we resolve complaints, etc.? And the fourth pillar there is about responsible and resilient uh, technology. And that's about, you know, having resilient systems, you know, managing the privacy of data. um, And they're really important to our customers in terms of, you know, the trust and and, uh, how we manage that. And it's all underpinned by, you know, culture and the well-being of our employees. Um, You know, that's the essence um, uh, for sustainability. So if I move on to the next slide, just to talk about the sustainability uh, backdrop, you see on the number one there, um, environmental risks are five of the top 10 risks defined by the World Economic Forum. And we can see just how they're growing in number and growing in impact. The regulatory focus is just growing and mushrooming in this area. So Businesses and organisations who are kind of slow to get on this journey are are going to be hooshed along and forced uh, in terms of the regulation that's coming. And you'll see some of them listed there that are relevant to the, the banking industry. And the third area is, you know, uh, the government has made a legally binding commitment to achieve net zero uh, for Ireland by by 2050. And you can see, you know, even by 2030, um, half a million homes have to be retrofitted, almost a million electric vehicle cars you know, this huge transition that needs to happen. And that brings you to the commercial opportunity. And I know my audience in terms of, you know, the finance and the pounds, shillings and pence. And there is huge opportunity here in terms of how the transition is supported by to individuals and businesses. Um, And this is this is growing. This is a very conservative estimate listed there. Um, So the ESG credentials of a business are really important in terms of consumers for making choices, for employees in terms of being attracted to a particular company, and for investors in terms of making, you know, attractive investments. So if we move on to the next slide, you know, the role of finance in transition, I often get asked the question around what has sustainability really got to do with banking? And actually, banks have probably one of the most critical roles in terms of um, influence. So we finance customers and businesses, and if banks continue to uh, finance everything based on a commercial return as their sole lens, without understanding the purpose of finance and whether it is harming the environment or society, then nothing will change. So as time goes on, as we evolve, we need to look at the purpose of every loan that we approve and where that's going and what impact that's going to have. So in terms of, you know, whether it's continuing financing lower energy efficiency houses, you know, um, diesel and petrol cars, you know, businesses that have poor ESG ratings, um, airlines that have no transition path to a to a lower carbon footprint. These are all decisions that are going to have to be, um, you know, a lending policies in relation to each of these decisions going forward to be able to influence the change that needs to happen. Okay, so just moving on to the next slide. Um, In terms of climate action, I suppose we look at it under kind of four main headings, our footprint, what are we doing in terms of our own operations, our leadership, because we have an ambition to lead um, the transition to a low carbon economy, how we're helping our customers to make the changes they need, and then how we integrate it into our own business. So I'm going to talk about each of these very briefly, and we'll just give some examples on the next slide so in terms of our own footprint uh ruben if we can yeah perfect um you know so cdp reporting is where organizations disclose their their carbon emissions and we have done that for the last number of years and for the last four years, we've got the Leadership A rating, um, which I suppose reinforces the progress that we've made. We, we've reduced our carbon emissions by 40% uh, since 2014. And I'll talk about our targets uh, in a minute. Um, but the cgp leadership uh, disclosures is really important because it allows um Comparisons of what organisations are doing uh, using compar- comparable metrics, and it's not about what you have, you hold. You always have to be continually improving and in- increasing your disclosures and the progress and the reductions that you're making. In terms of the the leadership, um, you know, we want to, I suppose, create some thought leadership and create discussion and momentum around sustainability. And we've made an external. To do more. Um, so that's really to kind of hold ourselves to account externally and internally to say, you know, we want to move and accelerate this agenda at pace. And like Credit rating agencies, there's now ESG rating agencies that evaluates a, uh, an organization's ESG credentials. So across the environment, the social and the governance. Um, and, you know, again, it's using comparable metrics across organizations to be able to compare ratings. And this is what investors are, are focusing on. In terms of helping our customers to transition, we've launched a range of propositions and we are in the process of of designing a a number of other core ones. And that's, so green mortgages, electric vehicle, we launched a green bond of a billion there a couple of months ago, a socially responsible investment fund. And we have a project finance team that specialise in renewable energy and infrastructure. And I suppose what these are... You know the the green mortgage and the electric vehicle. You know have a, uh, discounted interest rates to try and encourage customers to make the transition and take the steps that need. And then finally, in terms of integrating ESG across our business, you know we have outlined the activities that we won't provide financing for, and um, we have launched a responsible supplier. Framework and that's about setting out clear expectations with our suppliers to say these are the things we'll be looking for when we make supplier decisions going forward. And we also expect reporting to CDP because we have to take into account the full set of upstream and downstream emissions. So our supplier emissions are our emissions. So if we're buying and procuring from suppliers who are not advanced in this journey, then that is, I suppose, negatively impacting our own credentials. So that is, I suppose, creating the virtuous circle around trying to bring everyone along that journey. And looking at employee training to help employees understand exactly why sustainability is important to them and their role. Um, and then integrating ESG in everyday decisions. And the example there is, you know, when we launch new products, what are the sustainability lens or criteria that we need to take into account so moving on to the next slide um, just going to take one particular um example so if we take an, an integrating esg across our business actually i've 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 kind of named out the different areas around strategy, risk management, um, you know, sustainable operations. And on the outside, I've kind of highlighted the areas where we work closely with our finance colleagues, um, you know, um, accounting colleagues in terms of the different roles. So some of them are involved directly in terms of strategy setting or risk management or in particular roles relating to investor relations There's work around scenario analysis to be able to understand the risks that exist across our lending book and trying to predict, you know, as climate change and temperature rises increase, how do those risks uh, deteriorate or grow? And then what is the financial impact of that? How do we integrate it into stress testing, into capital and liquidity models? When we're looking at new products, our portfolio management colleagues look at, you know, what is the impact in terms of, you know, the differentiated interest rate? What's the demand going to be like? What's the impact on the margin? Uh, I know Barry talked about setting targets. You know, the targets are, are crucial for any CFO in terms of what is externally and um, how those are achieved. From a treasury perspective, you know, raising debt and equity you're looking at investment planning, um, where you're spending the money in terms of transformation and, you know, um, using capital and then making decisions around procurement. So basically, you know, if you took this circle and talked to any different kind of profession uh, within the banking industry or beyond, you would find that there'll be reaches across everything. There's very few, if any, areas or teams in the bank that are not touched. By sustainability. So, just moving on to the next slide. So, this is looking at um, integrating ESG in our business. and I'm just taking the lending example before I finish up. So, you can see there, um, you know, for us, sustainability is particularly important in relation to our loan book you know we we lend 64 billion um we 64 uh, billion in loans you know provided for various purposes and some of that is secured against assets and buildings and machinery but we need to understand the physical risks to these assets now but also as temperature rises and what the impact is be on, on these in terms of floods, you know, if there's increased storm damage and rising sea levels, you know, how are those assets impacted? But we also have to understand, you know, changing regulations, changing consumer preferences, policy changes, carbon taxes, how they'll impact our business, but even more importantly, how they'll impact our customers' businesses, because then that has a knock on impact in terms of their Uh, sustainability and resilience and so part of what we have to do is take our loan book look at it by sector look to see where we have exposure then understand actually where is that sector's role in terms of national decarbonization and what needs to happen what what how that sector needs to evolve and actually, how what is the carbon intensity of that sector? So if I take, for example, agriculture, for, for us, we have a relatively small exposure to uh, farming and agriculture. But actually, when you calculate the carbon intensity, it's really high. So like I mentioned, in terms of upstream and downstream emissions, for us as a bank, we have to take into account the emissions for every loan that we generate. So, um, you know, so it's really important in terms of, you know, directing the finance to, you know, those greener um, areas, but also supporting the transition of those sectors to becoming greener. So, you know, so it requires having a clear plan and support for each sector in terms of what are the risks and opportunities that are likely to happen and then how can we support those sectors to evolve. OK, and then that brings me to targets and uh, and that uh, before I wrap up. So on the next slide, you'll see actually just about a month ago when we had our last sustainability conference, we came out with our own targets. And that was really important because it sets the pace for us at which we want to proceed. So Ireland has committed to be net zero by 2050 in line with the Paris Agreement. Um, And we have looked to try and achieve those targets sooner. So we have our um, pledge to reduce our own footprint to be net zero by 2030. For our new customer lending, our ambition is to have 70% of that new lending green by 2030. And for our lending portfolio, aiming to be net zero by 2040, with the exception of agriculture, which will align to the National Climate Action Plan. So that's kind of stating our intent and and their ambitious targets. And obviously, we're, we're navigating our way towards those. So just on to the next slide. The last slide is really saying, you know, especially for your profession, you know, the governance, the disclosures, the targets, the measurement, the ratings, these are all so critical when it comes to sustainability and, um, you know, how you're uh, presenting that information externally. So there's a huge amount of frameworks that are evolving all the time, TCFD, Principles for Responsible Banking, Science Based Targets, which is all about you know how you're reducing your carbon emissions the EU taxonomy which is how you define what's green lending and it's very complex and technical and for the green bond it's you know what qualifies under that framework for the rating agencies as I mentioned it, it looks at criteria under ES and then for our disclosures you know, investors look to see what have been publicly disclosed? Because if it's not out in the public, as far as they're concerned, it's not happening. So carbon disclosures um for CP, and we do an annual sustainability report, and also include... Our lights have gone off here. And also include in our annual uh, financial report. So that's a, a very quick run through, um and I'll just leave a a quote on the last slide. So if you want to change the future, you must change what you're doing in the present. And I think hopefully, one of the key messages I hope people take away today is the urgency with which, you know, businesses need to be acting and making progress on the journey. As Barry mentioned, seven years of a countdown, that's a scary thought. So with that, I'll hand back to Jonathan.
0: Thanks very much, Yvonne. Uh, Very interesting. Uh, I have to say, I don't know a huge amount about lender policies, but I was struck with, I hope I'm getting this right, the idea that a bank will now incorporate how sustainable a request for a loan is in the context of the business. Uh, is Is that what what you're planning on doing rather than the uh, the ability to pay back as being the only metric as to whether or not your loan now, whether or not that company is sustainable and environmentally friendly will affect the decision on whether or not they get uh, the, the loan is that is that w- what you're planning is that happening now is that is that typical
1: yeah so it started to happen now in that we have clearly identified excluded activities that we won 't lend for anymore and they're the more obvious environmentally detrimental uh, activities, you know, um, uh, fracking and nuclear power generation, etc. So they're the obvious ones we don't. Uh, they're excluded. But today, you know, we we have our green mortgage you know, for attracting A and B rated homes um, with electric vehicles. And we're taking a hit in terms of the margin on those to try and increase our proportion of lending in that space. And as time evolves, and we've set ambitious targets there around 70% lending, it will require, um, you know, changing some of our lending policies to, to you know, obviously take that criteria into account. Um, But it's about working with our customers to help them transition. Because it's not about turning off the tap. It's about understanding what needs, what is the transition that needs to happen, whether you're an individual or whether you're a business. But it'll come a point where we will, I suppose, have very clear criteria and, um, you know, to achieve those targets.
0: As someone who has applied for a mortgage and knows all of the things that you have to go through and all the steps and hoops you have to jump through to get a mortgage. It slightly, um, slightly makes me nervous about uh, what I'll have to go through to prove that I'm sustainable uh, as well at the same time. But I suppose it, it's something that we have to... All of these levers need to be pulled if we're going to see the change that we want to. Uh, Yvonne Holmes, uh, Chief Sustainability Officer at ARB, thanks very much for joining us.